Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode um, and today I'm, I'm joined with Melissa and she is the founder of the Neurovascular Foundation um, and yeah it's going to be it's going to be really interesting today, um, we're going to talk about lots about autism and yeah thank you Melissa for, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah because it's going to be it's going to be a really nice talk about autism because um, yeah like um, yeah, it's gonna be nice to hear about what the what what is about, like um, what well, why why you chose to um create it and, and and everything like that, um, and yeah, just talk about autism, I think. Okay, yeah. great. So the the Neurovascular Foundation was established in two thousand and fifteen, and I saw an increasing need to help children and families suffering with the symptoms associated with autism. And I had been working with orthopedic injuries and multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's disease. But when I saw how rapidly the kids improved, the kids' symptoms improved, I decided to make my main focus autism. So. Um, like what, what, what I like to, um, like with autism, because um, I like to, like, because I'm autistic, of course, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I don't know if you agree. Um, like I always, that's we have a podcast for raise awareness of autism, and yeah, like I um I don't believe it's 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 something to be proud of. Um, autism. Well, I I think that autism is a physical problem that is caused from trauma either from in the womb or at birth or a lot of it can be traced back to a child that rolled off the bed at you know three months or fell off a swing when they were two and so i believe that the postural imbalances that are caused from those those traumatic events is what leads to the symptoms associated with autism so they say that uh you know, people with autism that they don't share any characteristics that they're all over, you know, everyone has different symptoms. But I would say that the one characteristics that all of the uh, people on the spectrum share is the postural imbalances that lead to motor disturbances and gait abnormalities and, you know, the nonverbal, all the way, you know, down to the three core areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like with autism, because as you probably know, I have Crohn's disease, um, and Crohn's is a disease, and with autism, it's not a disease, um, because they're two separate things. And um, like with, with Crohn's, um, like my diagnosis of Crohn's was pretty tough. Um, with autism, um, I, um, I, I like to spread awareness of autism because I am a person that's passionate about that. And um, I, I feel like, um, I, it, like, because there's, um, I don't like it when um, people like, um, say it's like, it needs to be cured because um, yeah. it, it, in, in my own mind, I feel like it's not a disease um, and, and many people would agree with me there um, because it's something um, you you shouldn't um, 
be ashamed of. At first, don't get me wrong, when I was diagnosed, I was nine years old. Um, I didn't know what autism was at all. Um, and when I learned about it, because I went from special school, well, no, sorry, mainstream school to a special school because I've been looking at the support I needed. And that really changed my life, um, Melissa. Um, yeah. And yeah, and ever since then, I uh, I do podcasts, speak to different people, have their on there about their journeys, mm-hmm. different um, people um, that say why they create organisations and and actually as it is Autism Awareness Month, um, um, a month where it's dedicated to raising awareness and acceptance. I think acceptance is the word we need to use um, yeah. because we should all be accepted for for who we are. If we are a bit different, uh, it's good to be different, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had car accidents. Uh, they were a year apart. And I ended up um, almost unable to talk to any new people. So if somebody would introduce me to a friend, I would get so overwhelmed and my face would turn beet red and I would start shaking and I just could look at the ground. And, you know, for the first 20 years of my life, I never experienced anything like that. So after the two car accidents a year apart, Mm -hmm. and I found myself unable to communicate with anyone that I didn't know. And it wasn't that I didn't understand everything they were saying to me. And it wasn't that I didn't know the answer. It was just very difficult for me to speak it out loud. And so I come from a place, I I had an understanding of how it felt to be spoken to and know what you want to say back, but not be able to say it. And so, you know, as I was working, you know, like I said, through the orthopedic and MS and Parkinson's, and then, you know, started working with kids who were on the spectrum, it was so amazing for me to see that after the their postural imbalances were corrected you know a physical problem that you know their all their verbal communication improved their social interaction their gastrointestinal issues improved their sleep improved so to be able to you know uh, extend that to the families that were suffering with these because you know, of course, there's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, with autism, but there's a lot of suffering that goes along with it. You know, the sleep deprivation, the gastrointestinal issues, you know, like, just like I was explaining the social interaction that is so difficult for, you know, somebody on the spectrum that people take for granted. So when, you know, these postural imbalances are corrected, all of these core areas also improve. So it's just amazing because it's also a technique that I love to teach the parents. I don't want people to depend on, well, I have to be able to make an appointment in order to help my child, but also like understanding triggers. You know, I had parents come to me, it's like, they just thought it would, the child was screaming for no reason. You know, it's like they're, they, I don't know why they do this. It's just out of nowhere. But then it's like understanding that no noises and smells, it's like they're a thousand percent stronger for, because your, your senses are heightened when you have autism. I'm sure you, yeah, you experience that. So somebody that walks by with perfume and this three-year-old child 
can't say that it just made them feel nauseous. Instead, they just, you know, scream as a response or the traffic when the traffic's going by and like noise canceling headphones, for example, when they're going to have to walk across the street would be a game changer for these children. Or like a leaf blower, the neighbor's leaf blower gives them a splitting headache. It feels like an ax. And, you know, so it's, it's things like that, that I think that people should understand about the thing, the other things that are involved, the suffering that is involved when your physical body isn't where it should be, you know, where your posture is imbalanced. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Um, in, in my being a person that is, um, can can you communicate? Um, because like, like I, I've spoken to parents as well. Um, um, that have had children that aren't verbal um, and they have thought it's a really bad thing. Um, like, um, and I, I try to, uh, well, I, I say to them, um, try, um, it is hard. It, 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 I, can, I can't imagine how hard it can be um, if a person is nonverbal, but um, like, it's, it's important, like when someone gets a diagnosis of autism to, for the parents, to especially the parents to, to understand it as much as they can um, yeah because if they don't accept their child being autistic how is the child going to accept it right. because it won't work with it but um but yeah I am um, for me I'm, I'm sensory I am um with my autism like like, like you said about music and noise and, and certain movements um mm-hmm. that really affects me and annoys me <laughs> um yeah. like for example just um eating food like um like well not me eating food someone else if they make the noise it will really affect me and it will be like like a black chalkboard like they're scraping their plate a lot that's how it is yeah. for me and it, it's hard to escape those situations sometimes <laughs> because yeah, yeah. people people have to make noise <laughs> don't they right, right. yeah the, the, these external triggers you know the the thing that i try to, you know, when with the parents and I talk for the first time, the thing that I think is so important is that even if a child is nonverbal, they can still understand everything that is being said around them. So the input is going in perfectly. It's just the integration and output that they're having trouble with. So I see a lot of parents who will have discussions in front of their kids Um, thinking that they don't understand because they're not talking, but in fact, they understand everything they're saying. So, and I I saw your podcast about the food that people eat, and I think it's genius. I'm so happy that you touched on that topic because I also talked to parents about that. You know, they always think, well, my child only eats French fries and bananas and seaweed and anything else, he just screams. And they might have a nutritionist who says, you know what, that is not a balanced diet. But what they don't understand is that maybe if when they eat protein, their body can't digest it. So it just sits there and grows bacteria and makes them so sick. And they know that. And that's why they scream and don't want to eat the food that's put in front of them. So I think that parents should really also honor what their child is telling them that their body needs. Yeah. Because 
maybe their body, you know, maybe the French fries take the nausea away, you know? So I, I, I loved that podcast of yours where you guys spoke about that, because I think that's really, nobody really is talking about that topic. They just yeah. think, well, this is the balanced diet. This is what everyone should have, but everybody's different, that's you know? Right. And so. Yeah. I, 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 it's a topic that I think needs to be taught more because like, mm -hmm. um, with, like Crohn's, for example, um, I can't eat, um, I can't have caffeine, for example, um, mm -hmm. or, or like, um, like, like we said before, like you can, could eat French fries, but you're not be able to mind, not be able to have fruit, and mm -hmm. and people say you got to be a diet, and for me, Crohn's is not that based diet. It's not a diet thing. People can have diets um, if they want. Like you might, um, you you kind of know at some point in your life. Uh, what you can eat and what you can't but the good thing that can all change <laughs> with, yes. with, with that it, it's not going to also be the same forever um, yes. for, for that period of time and something really interesting with some people have actually came on my podcast and um, we've either talked about um, we've talked about a topic about around Crohn's if they have Crohn's or autism and then some people um, have said that they've uh, had a fair few that I've had I've got both which I find really interesting because I don't find many people that have autism and Crohn's. I see either one or the other. Um, and yeah, and, and some people have come on, have autism mm -hmm. and they felt that they, they said that um, it's prone. Um, some people with autism can experience like um, chronic pain issues. Um, it might not be Crohn's, it's just in that area. And yeah. I, I found that really interesting. So like yeah. what you said at the beginning that you, you said you felt that like, I think you said a little bit about that at the beginning and yeah, that is very interesting. Um, yes. So, so according to the neurovascular theory, it is a sustained muscular contraction and scar formation that create external compressive forces on the joints, the neurovascular system, and also the internal organs. So I, I'm sure you've heard a lot about the autonomic nervous system imbalance that these kids you know, on the spectrum are in sympathetic dominance. So there's two branches to the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, the accelerator and the brake. And the parasympathetic is responsible for rest, digestion and repair. So if you're in sympathetic dominance, that means that your digestion your rest and your repair are quiescent. So they're not functioning at their full capacity. So that's why when you reduce the scar formation and the sustained muscular contraction, yeah. um, it takes the external compression forces off of the internal organs and digestion improves, including you know the pain and the inflammation and all of the things that are associated with Crohn's. Yeah. Yeah, I find that's really interesting because I, I always thought because I was diagnosed with autism when I was nine, that would have been 2009, and Crohn's 2017. So they were quite apart, um, mm -hmm. I'd say. I always think that I possibly had Crohn's, well, probably when I was younger, maybe. Um, yeah. And it just got developed to more painfully in that year, 2017. So I always feel that, um, that although what completely different things <laughs> um but I, I i always feel that i have some sort of similar things um because although i accept them both uh, I, I i wouldn't change not having either um because one's an illness one isn't um right. and 
and actually speaking of that, um, at the start of the month, um, um, quite a lot of people in the autism community got, well, if they saw this certain thing, I, I, um, that, that there was a tweet, um, which um, I think, and I, I think it was another organisation, and they did remove it in the end, which uh, it was good. And that, that, that they were, it was on, I think, Autism of September's Day. Um, mm-hmm. And they said about it, autism needs to be cured. It's a disease. And um, and I I don't, I don't think they would have sought my response, but <laughs> so, so, so someone else responded as well and um, contacted them to, I suppose, remove it because it was false information. Um, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and I, I said that it's, um, it's something to not be ashamed of um although it's really hard i think any diagnosis isn't it is really hard at the beginning then yeah. it is easier yeah well but this the symptoms associated with autism though can be very difficult mm-hmm. and so that that's what you know i'm interested in is is bringing some relief to people that are suffering with these symptoms you know including the ones that are associated with crohn's disease because if the same underlying structural issue that is leading to the symptoms associated with autism that is leading to the symptoms associated with crohn's and you can remove that structural issue then you get great relief of the symptoms so everyone the question usually is is why why do some people have these symptoms and other people's have these symptoms and it really has to do with the pattern of spasticity so if you have crohn's disease with autism for example i would expect if i saw you and did an assessment that i would find that your you know your neck and your stomach and your back are very tense that you have a lot of scar tissue and muscle contraction over top of those areas. And maybe some of the kids who do a lot of the flapping with their arms, what I would find is that their arms are very tense. So the birthing process is very traumatic. And so some people on their way out, they injure their neck, some kids injure their arms, some kids injure their legs. So it just depends what your specific trauma was during the birthing process and when you were learning to walk. And people always say, oh, well, how do these kids get, you know, all of this scar tissue? And I say, well, you must not have been around a one-year-old, you know, very often, because if you just watch them, how many times they fall and hit their knees and hit their head, you know, there's a lot of scar tissue that accumulates as a result of those injuries. Yeah, I, I, like, it brings, sense well when you're saying about it being tense because i am sometimes <laughs> um and and yeah i did have quite a lot of problems i, I like i wasn't eating as a baby um, <laughs> um i know that was long ago but i as you say like the birthing like when you're getting born and stuff um mm-hmm. that was something so so yeah I, I i always believe like i would love to know what the actual why i've got crohn's i would love to know that um more so autism no i mean more i'd like to know why i'm more um the reason was of crohn's rather than autism because crohn's is more painful um for me um because although autism it might like certain things may trigger you like like noise and stuff it's not painful for me which Mm -hmm. is stuff i can handle um and and yeah and yeah I, i have 
with Crohn's, it is um, it is difficult sometimes. Um, like like because in a, in a pandemic, especially because I, I take medication that low my immune system, um, so that isn't good for. Uh, well, it I ha- it's good that it's healthy. We have no pain, but it's annoying at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that definitely is. And then, yeah, of course, I mean, anytime, even if it's not a pandemic, you know, being on medications that lower your immune system, your immune system is your first line of defense, you know, so it's there to protect you. So, you know, that's, that's why, uh, you know, when you have this, the structural change, when you address the underlying structural issue, and you take the pressure off the internal organs so that they can get proper flow into and out then they function at a much higher level and they reduce the symptoms and definitely pain. There's a lot of pain relief when you take the bass. I'm not sure, did you get the minerals? Did you, did, did we send you the minerals before the podcast? If not, I definitely wanna make sure you get some bath minerals because they work so well. People will say that this feels like a Xanax without the hangover. It helps with sleep and digestion and, and a lot of pain relief and, and, and also reduces inflammation. So did you get any minerals yet? No, I don't believe I needed any. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely make sure we send those to you because uh, I think that they'll be very helpful. Do you suffer with a lot of pain with the Crohn's on a daily basis or just if you eat the wrong foods? It's on the moment, it's, it's okay um like um i can eat as much like at the moment like let's go i talked about like in 2017 and stuff like when i was diagnosed like the process of it maybe um like i talked a little bit about my crimes um Mm -hmm. like when i was diagnosed in 2017 i lost a lot of weight um throughout that year um and then more of october time is when i got diagnosed um and from that um yeah, I, I was I was wondering what was going on because I never heard of Crohn's before I was diagnosed. Um, it's, I suppose it's nice if you do. I, I I know people that have do know that day what Crohn's is, which is helpful, I suppose. Um, but um, but yeah, I had um, yeah, I, 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 I and then I got to the stage where I couldn't eat, which was really sore and painful. Like the pain was, uh, in, I always remember it was on my right side of my stomach, which was burny feeling and acidy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard to explain um, because it's it's not visible, is it? Like, you know, you can't see my pain. <laughs> yeah. um, but from that, um, I've put on these liquid drinks um, because I wasn't eating um, and I didn't like them. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wasn't winning either way. And then from that, I tried to get appointments and everything. Um, I had, um, yeah, I tried to get appointments and, and everything. And then I had a, a colonoscopy eventually when getting diagnosed. And yeah, I, that's how I got diagnosed. And then I was put on steroids straight away, more or less. And then I was on infliximab, which I was, I was on that for a year. That was my first proper biologic medication. And then after that, I had to stop because on the I was so close to getting to the temp infusion from from that medication, but I yeah. couldn't because um like um it 
like uh, the antibodies reacted to it and stuff. So that's a bit disappointing. Um, but then I was moved on to Humira, but barring that, I've always taken azathioprine. Um, I take vitamin D um, and B12 because um, I've suffered a lot from fatigue. Um, and I, I remember what the experience was beforehand, my diagnosis with Crohn's and now, and it's a lot much worse because I'm very tired. Um, I, I, I get more tired than I, I used to be. Yeah, so you can imagine, like if I'm talking about sustained muscular contraction, so even when you're sleeping, your muscles are contracting and that's where you get the depletion of energy because your muscles are always working. Even when you're laying there and you're relaxed and you think, why am I so tired? Well, it's because you're running a marathon inside of your body and we're not aware of it because nobody thinks about you know, what happens when a muscle, so a muscle does two things, it relaxes and it contracts. And so with injury, what happens is the muscle fibers get adhered together in this short contracted state. So everything that goes along with a muscle contraction is occurring in your body 24 seven. So that's why it's so important to reduce the scar tissue and elongate the muscle fibers so that you're not carrying around all of this sustained contraction and your energy levels really go up significantly. Yeah, I, I find it's really tiring sometimes. I even just go out for a walk for the day sometimes. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I don't complain. <laughs> um, it's, it is what it is. And I wouldn't, I, I, I'm kind of glad I got diagnosed with Crohn's in a way because I met some really good people. Right. And you got to say, right. It's nice to have an answer also that yeah. to what's happening inside of your body. Yeah. So when you stand in the mirror tonight, you'll, you'll have to look, take a look at your posture and you'll see that maybe your right side is slightly elevated, a little higher than the left side and a little tighter. And that's why you felt that burning pain in your stomach on the right side. So when, if you just, you know, look in the mirror and just stand with your feet, you know, a couple inches apart with your arms hanging down, you can see, you know, if your left shoulder is higher, for example, your left shoulder is higher. And so that would make your right hip higher because the body is all about balance. So it seeks balance any way it can. So if you have a left shoulder that's up like this, your right hip is gonna come up to balance the midsection. So you can look in the mirror and see where your imbalances are. Yeah, that's a really good idea actually, because yeah, I, I never thought of that. Like, um, like what what was annoying though at that particular time um I, at the uh, hospitals and stuff like at the time um I I couldn't sleep well, yeah, yeah, that, that's how it happened once um to get seen more because um I couldn't sleep um because I got the pain like, like the burning feeling um yeah and it like it's like your insides are on fire more, more or less yeah. um, um and you feel like it's in one bit and then you feel like it's somewhere else <laughs> um yeah. but but yeah and then I was taken and the annoying part was really that I was taken to A&E study at the ER like, like, like it's A&E in the UK um so from that I was I was taken there it was annoying like because of autism I'm sensory and I don't like the noise <laughs> yeah. um of my autism and I, I I really that should be an emergency place um 
for um, people for accidents because that's what like the A E is um, for. And Crohn's was an accident. Well, um, I wouldn't have been an accident because I've got it, <laughs> and you can't really cure it. As uh, um, I love a cure one day, but in a way I don't um, because um, uh, I know it's probably steady to say, but um, I wouldn't know what I would be without Crohn's or autism. I wouldn't cure either because uh, they don't need curing in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, they need they need symptom reduction. That's what they need. Yeah, because no, nobody wants to suffer with the symptoms, you know, of anything. You know, it's like anything that that limits your ability to be happy, healthy, sleep, you know, digest properly. Definitely needs to be addressed because you know when you're suffering in pain, it's just uh, you know it's debilitating, and so. Uh, I, I never really talk about a cure as much as just symptom reduction, you know, so that you can live life to the fullest. You don't have to worry that if you're going out with your friends that you might have a Crohn's attack, you know, maybe you can eat at a restaurant and you don't have to worry so much of what's in the food. It just gives you a freedom um, when yeah. you reduce the symptoms associated with Crohn's or autism or any of the other, you know, diseases. Yeah, but I wouldn't call autism a disease though. Right, Crohn's the disease, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, autism is, uh, I, I, I usually refer to it as a, a spectrum, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it's yeah. called, isn't it, a spectrum? Yeah, yeah. Because a... cause you don't know, you have autism, you have Asperger's, um, ADHD is in there, isn't it? Um, in that kind of bubble. Um, like, like people can have ADHD and autism and, 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 and stuff like that um, but but yeah like I think um, with that um, it's important um, because like 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 also one thing I don't like what well, I've learned to not like quite recently actually um, but it's like because with high functioning and low functioning uh, between the two terms um, and with um, people that are high functioning and low functioning um, like because even if someone is um, high functioning, they may, as so someone who's low may um, like still struggle. Even if you can talk, like like, like, like me for example, um, I may struggle but not be able to. I, I can communicate, but I might find it hard to communicate. Um, although I can still communicate like we are now, but I might find it hard to get the words I want to say and yeah. all, all like for us help so um so what i mean is like although people are nonverbal can't really communicate from themselves um it doesn't mean that the people who who can communicate and have autism um find don't find it hard because they, they, they can yeah yeah definitely i had a i had two brothers who were both on the spectrum and uh, they were six and eight when i started uh, when I met them and the six-year-old was completely nonverbal. So he had never said mama, dada. He, he had never said, uh, had any verbal communication whatsoever at age six and the eight-year-old, but, but this, I'm sorry, but the six-year-old was very athletic. So he hit all of his motor coordination, you know, milestones very early and he was very strong. And so his brother who was eight was very verbal. So he had a hard time not talking. 
So, you know, it was just, it was kind of like a, you know, a, a continuous monologue and, but he was so weak that he could barely hold a pencil to take a test. Mm -hmm. So he had his aid and he would point to the answer and uh, because it was so difficult to hold a pencil. So two brothers, right? Same environment. And, you know, one of the children, they couldn't have been more opposite one with very low muscle tone, but, you know, completely verb verbally, you know, it all, all working. And then the younger brother who was very strong, like, you know, at six, he was like a little Superman, you know, but he wasn't able to communicate. So those two brothers were, uh, you know, in the beginning, they were the first kids I started to research and work with and, you know, keep uh, notes on because um, after the third appointment, uh, the little boy who was nonverbal, he got in the car after our appointment and he said, we going home now? <laughs> and both of his parents like <laughs> turned around, like, did that just happen? And, you know, then the, the eight-year-old, he, you know, he started to be able to, they both transferred into a regular classroom. They've both been on the honor roll for years. I haven't treated them again. I, I, did like a, you know, we did like a year where I saw them, you know, sporadically, I would say they each had about 15 appointments. And now they're both in regular classrooms on the honor roll, but most significantly, they aren't suffering with sleep issues. Mm. You know, they both had to have a GPS ankle bracelet before they had the symptom reduction, just because, you know, they had so much energy. It's like, they're bored, they can't sleep, you know, in the middle of the night, they wanna go outside and, you know, take a walk because that helps them burn off their energy. And so that's what I mean about the symptom reduction, how much, you know, peace it brought to the entire family because that now the parents can sleep through the night, they can sleep through the night, they don't, you know, they're not suffering with the digestive pain that they had before, you know, the older, you know, boy can, you know, go out and he can play football at recess if he wants, where before that was not an option. And, you know, the younger child being able to communicate his wants and needs and have conversations for the first time in his life. I, I just, it's so satisfying to see the symptom reduction for not only the, the kids, but the entire family, because, you know, for a mother to hear her son talk for the first time, it's just like, it's such, it brings so much joy. And so I love that I turned my focus to autism because it's just such a passion for me because I know what it feels like to have trouble getting my words out because I, I spent those, you know, if mine, I, mine was only, you know, from age, you know, tw like 20 to 27. And, um, you know, still now I'm very, sh I, I'm shy and it, I do have trouble, but if I'm introduced to someone, I can look at them and say hello and, you know, at least not have that visceral reaction because, you know, when my face would turn deep red and I would start to shake, that doesn't feel good. You know, that's, a, it's a very uncomfortable. And so it was just, it was nice to, you know, find something that helps so much with the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, like that is interesting. Like, like yeah, one brother that has high functioning, one has low functioning. Um, but in the terms of like the the, the labels, as we say, between high functioning and low functioning, yeah. um, I don't agree in a way like about them. Um, yeah. I think it, like I spoke to a person recently um, that from Finland, um, and she said in her country in Finland they don't they just call it autism, and I thought it should be like that everywhere. 
Um, um, although there might be like if you're in school, maybe that it may be necessary um, to use them. Um, like like if, like maybe for different classes because, um, but in some instances they may be useful to use, but as a whole it doesn't really help because you may feel someone with low functioning and, and can't communicate is more uh, severe than someone that can communicate. So um, yeah. I don't also agree with all. <laughs> well, no, you, and, and that's the a good, that's a perfect example because which child would you say was low functioning versus high functioning? Because would you say the child that had, you know, motor coordination deficits and, you know, poor strength, was the one that was low, or would you say he was high functioning because he could, you know, he was completely verbal, and you know the the child who could understand everything that was going on around him, and he he was you know just a super athlete. Mm -hmm. Would you call him low functioning? But what you know when he's functioning so high in other categories, you know, so that's the thing. I mean, if they, maybe they, maybe the, um, the verbal communication, they could have a classification for that, but autism as a whole, there's so many different, you know, aspects to the symptoms associated with it, that which one would you say is the high functioning? Is it just the verbal communication or the motor coordination? So I yeah. totally, agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, on some things, it's, I think it's great to talk about autism because um, it, it offers that acceptance and awareness. And I think um, it should be more acceptance than awareness because um, acceptance is what people need. And to yeah. know that um, when you do get a diagnosis that it's not bad, like, of course, any diagnosis is hard, but um, it is, it takes time. Like for me, personally, I didn't accept being having autism straight away. Um, and I didn't really know what it was really. I was nine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't know where it was and and then nowadays people get diagnosed as an adult uh, now I, I, I say more um, than when I was in 2009 nine. <laughs> but, um, but yeah I, I wasn't confident I used I was, um, like you said uh, I, I was shy as well so I was shy meeting new people very shy I would people think I'm coming across as rude if I meet a new person say yeah. I'm say I'm just staring into space <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm not so I'm not saying nothing to a person it's, it's not me being like that it's just that I can't I'm too shy to talk to you right <laughs> um but yeah and then as the years go on I gained my confidence from moving from a away from a mainstream school to a special school where people have autism like me and autistic like me um yeah. and I thought that was great because I met actually people that had autism and I didn't really no, many that did. I, I, um, two similar situations, even though, like as we as we said, as we all know, autism and crimes are two separate things, but have similarities and differences. Um, yes. And between the pair, um, I didn't accept them both. <laughs> like like with crimes, I didn't at the same time. Um, so it takes time. Um, it wouldn't have probably been until twenty twenty that I did properly start a page, start a podcast. To raise awareness for autism and crimes and it was um it was I think it was it helped me and I found the pandemic was due to that <laughs> to yeah. really due to that because um having more time yeah definitely more time yeah were you were you working somewhere else before you started your podcast 
and um I was um like I've not really had I've had a proper job but I have been offered like I, I love football for football coaching um and I am um, I like um when I was younger um I, I did helping out with football and coaching and everything and I did actually get my qualification um before the pandemic and everything I was doing driver lessons as well I was getting ready to drive a car but unfortunately I couldn't do that <laughs> because of the pandemic so lots of things were put on hold which was annoying um yeah. but um but I was actually doing this work experience at this place where I actually spread awareness of autism because no one then knew what autism was um which was very interesting because now I've found that experience before that not many people they heard of autism but they didn't really know what it was um yeah. and I explained it was quite overwhelming I suppose because quite a lot of people we were in this meeting room <laughs> um and I explained I explained about my current as well but saying to them they're two separate things I may need, I may need to go toilet a bit more because of my crimes and I always say because of crimes that it's not a toilet condition like uh, like there's, there's, there's a stigma over crimes isn't there that there's it's just a prone toilet condition or a diet condition which is mm. not that they can affect both yeah um, but it's not the only symptom like <laughs> we l- 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 covered um fatigue I spoke to I speaking to people about um saying that fatigue is the main symptom and some else might be a toilet um going to toilet a lot um so it all really depends but I told them about that because at that particular time I was going to toilet quite a lot um because of my crimes um and the annoying part of that was is um I um sorry I um had a quite a lot of blood in my stools and the first time I saw that it was quite upsetting (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, scary yeah um and it still happens up to now but every once in a while that is a quite a prone thing that happens um and actually i'll tell you um um with that work experience place um they did they 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 changed the way they do things to uh to accommodate people who have autism and i thought that was awesome because they, they, they made it small environments as well um, mm-hmm. And they did ask me to go back, but I couldn't uh, because of the pandemic and still going on pandemic. Um, but it's not gone away, um, um, which is it's, it's quite upsetting um, that it's uh, like you understand if a person is not have a, a compromised immune system, they won't look at uh, like the views of the world and probably my eyes or someone else's eyes who understands um, because they don't have. Although immune system do they, so they won't probably have to worry about it. They probably think, oh, if I catch COVID, COVID nineteen coronavirus, I'll probably go for it. Um, and so yeah, and and what happened was once I was okay about a year or two after my diagnosis with Crohn's, Melissa, I um I went on my first holiday. Ah. <laughs> oh, I good. I went to Scotland, Edinburgh, um, first time on the plane as well. Um, nice experience um the part where in the turnstile bit where I lost my phone for five minutes like where you got to put your phone in wasn't was a bit stressful um and and the search you don't know uh, like when you're on a plane like like you've got all your pockets and everything in the trays um and as an autism person that's, that's a really interesting topic isn't it because if you're autism you think why are you doing that I'm doing anything wrong <laughs> uh that, that's what I thought in my mind anyway mm-hmm. but and did the plane did the plane exacerbate your symptoms or did you do okay on the plane? Um, with my with my crimes, I made sure I was near the front 
couldn't have if it was a toilet. Um, and yeah, I I was there and there. Um, yeah, they did. Um, they understood that I had Crohn's and everything. Um, and and yeah, I was I, I was loving it out there. <laughs> Even though it went for long, really, Scotland's not that far from where I live in the UK. Um, and and yeah, and the annoying thing was when I got to Scotland. Um, well, it wasn't short. It was maybe a day or so. Um, I went to the toilet and there was a pool of blood um, in, in the toilet, which was, I, I probably, I did have a little touch here to my eye at that point because I thought I've, I've recovered from my flare, which when you have Crohn's, it can be any time. It can be years. It can be months. It can be days. It really depends on each person. And in a way, that's why I said, when I do my awareness on the podcast and in general with Crohn's and autism, I always yeah. relate the two in a way because with autism, everyone's different. Um, like someone may not be, someone may be sensory, someone may not, someone verbal, someone may not. And then with Crohn's, um, someone may have a flare now, someone may have a flare. It's all different. And we all similarities with uh, Crohn's people with Crohn's, autism with autism. And mm. I have been fortunate to meet a fair, a few people, like I said before, uh, with Crohn's and autism. And I like that. Mm. I, I like that people <laughs> have both. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I wasn't happy at that point when I saw the blood pool. <laughs> yeah. But, I, yeah. I, do, do you look at the external triggers? Like, for example, like we talked about loud noises with autism, but f- flying, you know, that it, that it led to something like that, like a, a flare up is not a surprise because when you, you fly, there's so much pressure on our bodies that um, our bodies obviously have a reaction. And people who are, you know, don't have Crohn's or don't have autism, they might not notice that their bodies are, are affected by the flight, but someone who, you know, is susceptible to a flare up of, you know, what a, a symptom exacerbation in either case, a flight can be really devastating for, you know, our systems, so. Yeah, I, I don't think it was, it wasn't straight away, I don't believe, but um, mm. um, yeah, it was, um, I think because I wasn't, I, I knew something probably would have happened like that because it wasn't that long after my diagnosis of crimes. Um, mm. And, and yeah, it's not, um, it's not a friendly sight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you expect that. Well, I, I'm playing with no bleeds as well, so I'm not winning, am I? <laughs> I have no bleeds sometimes. I've um, blood down below sometimes, but um, but actually, um, Alyssa, with my Crohn's disease, I have something called patchy pans. Um, don't know if you heard of it. Um, which is probably is known as one of the worst forms of Crohn's. Um, mm-hmm. and I've believe I have a bit of Crohn's and colitis in a way, like alpha colitis and Crohn's, yeah. and 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 yeah and like like i thought like people who don't understand crohn's they don't know like there's a certain kind of thing terms each name for each person's diagnosis like if you don't just have crohn's you might have a different type of crohn's to someone else um mm-hmm. so it was all it's all complicated <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of different factors yeah and all the medication names i you can't pronounce them <laughs> right. <laughs> right yeah but um with like like it's it's one thing that I 
I enjoyed doing and like, I, I, I like that you enjoyed the episode about like the food and like mm-hmm. like um you can eat one thing and you may it may be unhealthy like like maybe like McDonald's like you can eat McDonald's but you can't um um you can't have the milkshake <laughs> or something like that right well you know sometimes our you know inflammation is our body's repair mechanism and so sometimes if somebody's craving McDonald's which we know is going to have a huge inflammatory response maybe it's their their body needing some extra inflammation for repair so I, I always say that, you know, it's like, you know, I've had people, oh, I'm, I'm sick and for some reason I'm craving ice cream and that doesn't make sense. Well, obviously dairy also is inflammatory and, and maybe your, your body is craving it because it wants the extra inflammation for repair. So I was so happy to hear that podcast that you did because almost no one talks about that. And I'm glad you guys were talking about it from experience that you know, something that might be considered healthy could be devastating to your system because there's just, there's absolutely no awareness on that topic. You know, everybody thinks that this is healthy and this isn't healthy. And if you eat this, then you're not following a a good diet. But um, I, I believe what you guys, you know, spoke about is actually far more accurate. Yeah, because like, I um I used to live on chicken. I like shortly uh, even pre-diagnosis getting into a diagnosis of Crohn's, which it can be very hard for people to get diagnosed. People take years, don't they, uh, to get mm-hmm. a diagnosis yeah. of anything really. But um um and it is hard. Like I still I know a person that still waiting. Like like people wait ages, and like, I, I feel for people during the current current era of the world because as with pandemic life isn't it where they may be focused on people who have got covid more than people who have what they don't know yet like they may like and i wouldn't personally i wouldn't be happy if i if um, i was in a lot of pain and i couldn't get seen right you know the the thing about diagnosis is is that our bodies are just equipped with so many repair mechanisms that for a long time the, you know, the markers that they're looking for for the diagnosis aren't present because our body is cleaning up as, you know, cleaning up the area. It just, the disease comes and the markers come where they can diagnose something when it surpasses the body's ability to defend and repair. So I, you know, I hear this all the time. People come in, you know, I was suffering for 15 years and they, nobody diagnosed me or they gave me the wrong diagnosis, but now I have MS. Well, you know, it wasn't that they didn't have MS symptoms for those 15 years, they did, but the marker for MS, for example, is obviously the demyelination and the lesions. So the body hasn't had to go to that step yet, but it's still leading up to it for those 15 years. So when people are upset with the doctors or the practitioners that they went to, it's not the doctors, it's not the doctor's fault, it's that your body did a really good job for a period of time of keeping up with the toxicity and able to metabolize it. It wasn't until it surpassed the body's ability to defend that they were able to get what they were looking for for a diagnosis, so. Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. And I think I also like is, um, like especially with, with autism 
um, like another label thing um, when they say it's like a, a disorder and, and stuff like that because um, I like or a disability because right. um, like people always misread things don't they and I feel like it's um, it's an ability but it's not like, um, like you're not like there's times where like there has been times where people say if you're autism you're rain man or you're you're really smart and or you're you're um you know everything because you have autism and it's not the case like um I'm not the best at maths <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, it doesn't mean I'm a genius it's where some people can say those kind of things can't they like if if you have autism you're you're going to be like um really really smart and I always link hobbies. Uh, if if you see another podcast, Melissa, um, and on, on on my podcast, I I like to talk about hobbies quite a lot. Um, and I always like with autism, I always relate them because like it's hyperfixations, isn't it? Where you talk about a certain thing you're interested in, and you find other people that are interested in that. And personally, if someone's not interested in it. Um, I will still still talk about it. <laughs> I think it is something like that. I'll still talk about it. Um, and and yeah, I hobbies is a massive part of being autistic. I find. Uh, you you mean like specific focus towards one yeah. thing or another? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. Um, yeah. Like, like, like personally. Uh, well, my people will, will know this. Um, I I, I love. I love Doctor Who. I have a, a blue box in the background. <laughs> um, so I I focus. That's my main like hyperfixation and football. Um, but uh, for some people, they can change over time, I suppose, yeah. and like, go on one for months on end, and maybe it can possibly change. But but for me, it's always been those two main things. Um, I have other hobbies, of course. I'm, I'm just like two hobbies. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's um something that is relevant with autistic people um i, I found because i found quite a lot of people that like doctor who too <laughs> yeah 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 but um but yeah um with our discussion today melissa i think it's been it's been really good because like just noticing that what disease is and what a disease isn't like like, like we said like crohn's is a disease and autism isn't for example yeah. and i think that needs to be said more especially about autism um because um as we know like 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 people can um have um bad days as we know like you can have bad days and good days can't you and, yes and it's important to notice and advocate and tell people that um it's okay for that like um it's just so we educate those people to know that um it's not a disease it's um it's something that you'll learn that it's good like in a way it's good that you educate yourself of autism of of Crohn's if, if, any, if anyone wants to um something you're passionate about at least who doesn't it if you're passionate about something you advocate on that and try to spread that word to other people so they understand yes yeah definitely um well Melissa I've really enjoyed our conversation today yeah me too it's great meeting you thank you thanks Melissa okay <laughs>